0: everyone welcome to crime cults and coffee i'm brin and happy september 1st for those of you who already have had their house decorated with halloween stuff for probably over a month now like me congrats it's finally probably socially acceptable as of today i know the first official fall day this year is actually september 23rd but We are now at the beginning of September, which equals fall in most people's eyes. Anywho, happy September 1st is what it comes down to. Getting into some recommendations, I am not really listening to any podcasts right now that are new, but I have been reading a new book called All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. And she is the author that wrote A Flicker in the Dark that I have recommended on this podcast before. I love her writing. And if you listen to it as an audiobook on the app that I've discussed before as well, called Cloud Library, it is the same person that narrates her book A Flicker in the Dark on Cloud Library and i really enjoy listening to this one it's easy to listen to the person telling the story is really ear-catching and i feel like i am officially a huge fan of stacy willingham i have not finished this book yet i have maybe a quarter of the book left to go but i am safely saying it is a recommended read because i am obsessed so far and i cannot wait to see how this one ends Regarding TV shows I do have an episode or two left but again I'm jumping ahead of the game and recommending this one because it is so fucking funny. Thank you to my brother Carson and Kelsey and my friend Ashley for recommending this one because I'm completely hooked. It is called Jury Duty on Amazon Prime and it is hilarious. It's only eight episodes long but well worth the watch. So check it out if you haven't already. And then aside from that, I've just been sucked back into the world of House. Which I used to love watching years ago. And somehow I fell out of it and didn't watch the last two seasons. And I'm back in it now. And I watch it pretty much every night before bed. So yeah, that one is available on Amazon Prime as well. It's probably available on like Hulu or something like that too, but I'm just personally watching it on Amazon. And with that being said, I think I will get into today's coffee review so we can jump right into this episode's case for the day, as it is a little bit of a longer one detail-wise. The coffee recipe that I am going to be talking about today, in lieu of fall and the first not official day of fall, but the first day of September is a caramel pumpkin iced latte. This is a recipe that I did find on Pinterest and it is with the Pinterest account Sips with Shell. She has a blog called withshell.com, but I will include the actual recipe link from Pinterest that I found, but this is what's included in it two tablespoons of pumpkin puree, one half teaspoon of pumpkin pie spice, two to three tablespoons of caramel syrup, a half a cup of milk of choice or milk alternative, two shots of espresso, and optional top with whipped cream and caramel. She had said that one shot of espresso was used for the one that I'm going to post because it's actually like a little video. But she'd actually recommend two shots for a stronger coffee flavor. So it's up to you whether you want to use one shot or two shots of espresso. You're going to mix all ingredients together before adding the espresso. So you're mixing the pumpkin puree, the pumpkin pie spice, the caramel syrup, and your milk of choice. Then you're adding the espresso. And again, if you want to top it with some whipped cream and caramel, that's completely up to you. But I feel like this is a quick and easy one, really attainable ingredients, especially around fall time. And if you like pumpkin, maybe you want to give it a try. This one I will definitely be trying once I (laughs) have a good day with my acid reflux, which is few and far between, but I will be giving it a try as soon as possible. With that being said... Check out the picture that I posted of this coffee on the Instagram page and on our Instagram story. And if you're listening not on the day this was released, check it out in our highlights. It is in a really cute pumpkin shaped glass and she has it on like this awesome little skull stand with some greens in the background. I thought her picture was adorable, so I reposted the one that she had posted. Now, let's not waste any more time and get into today's episode. So grab your coffee and have a morning with us. This week, I will be discussing the case of Aisha Degree. Aisha Jaquilla Degree was born August 5th, 1990 in Shelby, North Carolina. Her dad's name was Harold Degree, and her mom's name is Aquilla Degree and they got married in 1988 on Valentine's Day. She had an older brother named O'Brien, who was 10 at the time of this story, and Asia was 9 years old at the time. Asia and her family lived in a residential area in a home on Oak Crest Drive, and this was north of Shelby, North Carolina. Their home was in a subdivision, but the area was known to be rural at that time. The Degree family was very family-oriented. They were also very involved in the church. Harold and Aquila Degree made sure that their children focused on their education and were not distracted by outside influences. Both parents also worked, so Asia and her brother O'Brien were to let themselves in the house after school every day, so they were what was known as latchkey children, and I think Kelsey and I had mentioned latchkey children on this podcast before. It was a very common thing between the 60s and 70s, but also continued on in some households through the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Aisha and her brother O'Brien were expected to have their homework done for the day by the time their parents came home from work. These aspects, among others, showed how responsible, grounded, and independent the degrees were raising their children to be. Aisha was a student at Falston Elementary School, and she was in the fourth grade. The degree home also did not have a computer, I just wanted to point that out, although at the time of this story, it was the year 2000. As Aquilla stated in a 2013 interview, quote, every time you turned on the TV, there was some pedophile who had lured somebody's child away via the internet. And that was a quote from Wiki. So from that statement, one can assume that Aquilla and Harold did not want to have a computer in their household for potentially that reason among others. The degrees took initiative to keep their children safe and away from the dangers of the world. Aisha, as a person, was described as cautious and shy. She was also terrified of dogs. And she played basketball and was a star point guard for her team. So from here, I'm going to move away from Aisha's background and the degree family in general. And start discussing about days leading up to what happened in regards to Asia's case. February 11th, 2000, Falston Elementary School, which again was Asia's school, was to have a three day weekend. This had been a Friday, and since the schools were closed and the degrees had to work, Asia and O'Brien went to their aunt's house for the day. Both kids still had basketball practice with their youth teams, and so they went from their aunt's house to school for practice. Moving on to Saturday, February twelfth, 2000, Asia had her first basketball game of the season, and her team lost and she had fouled out. Aisha and her teammates were, of course, upset to lose, even crying after the game had ended which I feel like can be very typical for nine-year-olds and who knows what other ages were on that team, but that age range. Losing a basketball game would be very upsetting. But according to Aisha's parents, she was fine and acted over it by the time she had to watch her brother's game following the loss. So her brother also had a basketball game following her game, and she was completely fine by the time he was ready to play in his game. The next day, Sunday, February 13th, 2000, both kids again went to a relative's house, and at some point they went to church with their family. After church, they went home, and one article stated that they went to their Aunt Alicia's house for lunch and also spent time with their grandmother sometime that afternoon. Around 8 o'clock p.m., the kids went to bed. Asia and O'Brien shared a room and both fell asleep in their bedroom. About one hour later, a car accident occurred nearby and the power went out in the Degrees neighborhood. And there are conflicting statements with when the power actually went out, but it did affect their bedtime routine and so the kids went straight to bed instead of bathing like they normally would. Around 12.30 a.m., Harold had come home from work and the power came back on around this time as well. Harold checked on the kids after the power came back and found Aisha and O'Brien both sound asleep in their bedroom. Into the early hours of February 14th, 2000. Ironically, this was Aquila and Harold's wedding anniversary. And around 2.30 a.m., Harold was just going to bed from the day before. Remember, he had got home at 12.30 a.m. from work. And there were some conflicting reports with him either just kind of unwinding, watching some TV before he went to bed, or potentially running out and getting Valentine's Day candy for his kids. Either way, he went to bed around 2.30 a.m., And as mentioned, he had checked on the kids when the power came back around 12.30 a.m. He then checked on them again right before he went to bed at 2.30 and saw both children still in their beds. Sometime right after Harold had checked on them, O'Brien later said that he had heard Asia's bed squeak and assumed that she was rolling over or changing positions, and he quickly fell back asleep. Aisha, however, was not actually asleep at this time. Either the squeak was her getting out of bed, or not too long after, Aisha got out of bed and grabbed a pre-packed black backpack. This backpack contained personal items and multiple sets of clothes. Aisha then snuck out of the home. Around 5.45 a.m., Aquila woke up to start her day before getting the kids ready for school. One of the things that she did was she started to fill the bathtubs since they hadn't been able to bathe the night before with the power outage. Sometime before their six thirty alarm went off, Aquila went into the kids' room to wake them up. O'Brien was in bed, but to Aquila's surprise, Aisha was not. Aquila searched the house and the cars for her, but could not find Aisha anywhere. Upon telling Harold, he said that maybe Aisha went across the street to his mom's house, who was Aisha's grandmother, and Aquila then called the house to check and was told that Aisha wasn't there either. Other reports stated that she called other relatives that lived nearby as well, but to her horror Asia was not at any of these homes. From here, she went into straight panic mode, called her mom, and called the police. By 6.40 a.m., police were at the degree home. So if reports are accurate, this was a very fast-paced, fast-moving time frame because remember, Aquila had gone to the bedroom to wake the children up sometime before the 6.30 alarm, and by 6.40 police were at the house. By 7 o'clock a.m., the neighborhood was said to be woken up by Aquila frantically walking about and calling Asia's name. Police dogs were also used at some point and did not pick up any scent of Asia. There was also no sign of forced entry. Family, friends, and neighbors of the Degree family spent the day helping police search for Asia and according to wsoc tv quote that launched one of the largest searches in the county's history channel 9 was there as hundreds of volunteers officers from several departments and trained searchers combed the area during the search a mitten was found but aquila said that it did not belong to asia the family's pastor and other clergy members also came to the house to support the Degree family. So, at this point, you may be wondering, were there any leads? Apparently, between 3.45 a.m. and 4.15 a.m., so a little over an hour after Asia was thought to have left the house, what was thought to have been Asia? was spotted by a motorist and a truck driver. They both reported their sightings once learning of her disappearance on TV, and she had been walking south along Highway 18, north of the Highway 180 Junction. This was between Falston and Shelby, North Carolina. She was described as wearing white pants and a long-sleeved white t-shirt. This outfit was consistent with what the county sheriff believed her to be wearing, further validating the belief that it was Asia. The motorist said he found it, quote, Strange such a small child would be out by herself at that hour. And that was a quote from Wiki. Due to this, he decided to turn his car around and allegedly circled three times. He also said it was raining and there was a quote-unquote storm raging. And this was validated in other articles that it was really windy, really rainy. So maybe that was why he had to go by three times. Either that or maybe he mentioned that to suggest he couldn't see her too well or to accentuate the oddness of a child being out that early in the morning in terrible weather. Either way, a storm was mentioned. According to his story, he saw Asia run into the woods that were by the road, and she was described as doing this when she saw the car passing. So because Aisha was such a cautious child, and a nine-year-old in general, I mean, anyone in general might have been freaked out if they saw a car driving by slowly or a car passing by multiple times. Apparently, according to this driver's story, she decided to run into the woods. February 15th, 2000, which was the day after Asia's disappearance, items were found in a shed. This shed was along the highway near where Asia had been spotted and it was at a business nearby. These items included a pencil, a green marker, candy wrappers, a yellow hair bow, and a picture of a black girl around Asia's age. They were all identified as belonging to Asia, except for the photo. Not only was the photo not known to be Asia's, but the girl in the picture could not be identified. February 16th, Aquila noticed that Aisha's favorite clothes were missing from her bedroom. One was a pair of blue jeans with a red stripe. Due to what had been packed in her backpack and in the way in which she left, investigators believed that Aisha had prepared her things several days before she left. It was unclear as to why she left, Many children that run away do so because of issues, quote, such as a dysfunctional family or poor academic performance. And that was a quote from Wiki. However, Asia wasn't known to have either. Even so, some investigators believed that there was a reason similar to that that caused her to leave. Some also felt that a theory could have been that she was groomed by someone she knew others were left stumped. Either way, they felt that Asia got off track from her plan or had been kidnapped. In regards to the searches, aside from the initial search done by police, neighbors, family, and friends, additional effort was put into looking for Asia. Flyers were hung up. A 2 to 3 mile radius, or 3.2 to 4.8 kilometers, a where she had last been seen, was searched. Quote-unquote, 9,000 man-hours were put into searching this area for her. 300 leads had also been submitted, but there was still no sign of Asia. A week after her disappearance, the search was called off, although County Sheriff Dan Crawford, quote, urged the media to keep the story alive, and that was a quote from Wiki. February 22, 2000, there was a news conference in which Sheriff Crawford said he was going quote-unquote long-range with the search. It was unclear whether this was the same conference in which the 2-3 to mile radius search was called off and that it was called off because a bigger span was to be looked into or if this was a separate conference that came after. North Carolina's SBI and the FBI both took on Asia's case. At some point, they had also joined in searching the area in which she went missing and had been spotted. She was placed in their databases for missing children. Moving on to some aftermath. Sheriff Crawford's request came true and media surrounding Asia's case went national. It was featured on The Oprah Winfrey Show, as well as America's Most Wanted. The degrees went on The Montel Williams Show as well. Leads that were brought forward and looked into turned out to be false or dead ends. August 3rd, 2001, which was 18 months after Asia's disappearance, construction was taking place off Highway 18 in Burke County. There was digging for an access road, and this was about 26 miles or 42 kilometers north of Shelby, where Aisha lived. Items of Aisha's, including her backpack, were found wrapped in a plastic bag. This was discovered by a worker at the construction site, and according to the construction worker, the backpack had Aisha's name and phone number in it. The backpack was given to FBI headquarters for forensic analysis. February 14, 2020, which was the 20th anniversary of Asia being missing, quote, The FBI confirmed that the book bag contained a copy of Dr. Seuss's McElligot's Pool and a t-shirt depicting the band New Kids on the Block. Neither appeared to have been her property before they were found in her bag. The book was from the library at her elementary school, and that was a quote from Wiki. The library book was discovered to have been borrowed from the Falston Elementary School Library in early 2000. Nothing more has been made public in regards to the backpack or if anything came from the testing. In 2004, digging took place at an intersection in Lawndale, North Carolina, This was as a result of a tip, and only animal bones were found. The degrees have done a multitude of things over the years to keep Asia's story in the public eye, as well as to push her case and search forward. In 2008, a scholarship was created in Asia's name. A billboard was put up on Highway 18 near where she had last been seen, an annual walk and fundraiser was created, and interviews have continued to take place. Even so, Aisha's mom, Aquila, feels that Aisha's case still has not gotten enough media attention compared to other cases of missing children. As mentioned in other episodes, this is devastatingly seen in regards to missing Black and Indigenous people, a fact that cannot be denied. February 2015, an announcement was made that the FBI, SBI, and the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office were re-interviewing witnesses and re-examining Asia's case. May 2016, it was announced by the FBI that there was a possible new lead, Asia had potentially been seen getting into a car during the time of her disappearance. This could have been, quote, a dark green early 1970s Lincoln Continental Mark IV or possibly a Ford Thunderbird from the same era along Route 18 near where she was seen later that night. Another identifying characteristic was that it was said to have rust around the wheel wells, September 2017, the FBI's Child Abduction Rapid Deployment, or CARD, team stepped in to assist with the investigation over a course of 10 days. Approximately 300 interviews have taken place since then. October 2018, Cleveland County Sheriff's Office asked for help from the public in regards to the Dr. Seuss book and t-shirt found in Asia's backpack. November 2020, a man named Marcus Mellon, who is an inmate, wrote a letter to a newspaper in Shelby, North Carolina. In this letter, he said that Aisha was murdered and he knew where her body was located. According to him, he heard someone talking about how they had murdered her. February 2021, it was announced that this lead led to a dead end. As of February 2023, there is still a reward of $45,000 for any information leading to Asia being found. This coming February 2024 will be 24 years since Asia degree disappeared. The Cleveland County Sheriff's Office, the SBI, the FBI, and the Center for Missing and Exploited Children continue their search and to work on Asia's case. The sheriff's office has lovingly referred to her as, quote-unquote, Cleveland County's sweetheart. She has also been called Shelby's sweetheart. If you have any information regarding the disappearance or whereabouts of Asia Degree, please contact the FBI at 704-672-6100, or the Cleveland County Sheriff's Office at 704-484-4788. And as always, that information will be provided in this episode's show notes. And with that being said, that call to action and finding justice for asia's family finding answers for her family and justice and answers for asia reporting any information you know about the night she went missing if you saw anything if you heard anything if you've heard anything since if you've seen anything since Maybe you saw someone who resembled her. She would now be in her 30s. Her family just wants answers and don't want to have to continue living with the unknown of where Aisha is or what happened to her. So if you can fulfill that call to action, please do so. If you have never heard of Aisha's story until now, Please pass it along, tell people about it, and make her story known. There's a lot of information regarding Aisha and what happened in the days before leading up to her disappearance, but not much after she disappeared. So, any information would be helpful. This could even be in relation to the New Kids on the Block t shirt that was found in Aisha's backpack, but did not belong to Aisha and or also the picture of the little girl that was found with Aisha's belongings in the shed that they still have not been able to identify. So keep that in mind, check those pictures out. I will actually include those on this week's Instagram story as well as the Instagram post. So the pictures are permanently there for you to see. And with that being said, That concludes this week's episode of Aisha Degree's story and case. I am now going to jump right into today's spiel because I have really nothing further to add. So into the spiel, you can find Crime, Colts and Coffee on Instagram. That's where I post any pictures of coffee reviewed. In the Instagram highlights, you can find past coffee reviews, past episodes, any important information pertaining to the podcast, merch, which is still available, and check out some stuff for the fall because there's really cute tanks and crop tops that you can still wear under a nice flannel or with a pair of jeans. It's still warm enough out. Or you can jump right into the fall vibe and order yourself a pair of sweatpants or a sweatshirt before they're gone. There's not too many left and it's in limited sizes. And I don't know if I'm ordering any more for this fall and winter or if that's going to be it for the season. So check that out. There's also a couple mugs left. So if you want to sip on some hot tea or hot coffee in the chilly weather when it comes or put some iced stuff in there go for it it's a cute mug we don't have the originals left but there is the my crystal ball says you're full of shit mug so that's fun the link tree in the bio has most of the listening platforms that this podcast is on if you go to Facebook at Crime Cults, and Coffee, that's where I put any resources, photos, links, calls to action, and as mentioned maybe like two minutes ago, you can also find the call to action for this episode in today's episode show notes. If you have a listener story or case suggestion, you can email me at crimecoltsandcoffee@gmail.com. at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at Crime Colts and Coffee. Also, keep sending those fun Halloween posts and decorations I might love my way. I'm loving it as well as listener art. Not that you need to like draw shit, but I just enjoy seeing it and I will gladly repost and tag. If you would be so kind, aside from telling family and friends about this podcast or about these cases in general, if you enjoy listening, you can leave a rate and review on any listening platform that allows you to do so. I will send you free stickers. And if not, On any listening platform of your choice, you can like, you can follow, you can subscribe, and that will let you know when new episodes come out each week. And until next week, check out the merch if you want. Enjoy some fall things, even though some of you probably wish that summer is not over yet. I also like summer, but I really enjoy fall. And if I'm rushing it for you, just ignore that comment and enjoy the nice warm weather if you have it where you are. And until next week, bye.